freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to another episode of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd we're doing a series called american talking about the can-do spirit that is part of our american dna absolutely we are being told all the places that we can't go and all the things that we can't do as our lives have been turned upside down by this coronavirus, this COVID-19. But we're reaching out to experts in their field and learning ways that we can still learn and grow, train and connect and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. And our guest today is Erin Weideman. Erin is the founder of Truth Becomes Her, a brand that equips moms and women with resources to help them step into their unique leadership roles. She's a sought-after homeschool consultant, certified teacher, coach, and nationally recognized speaker. And Erin's personal mission is to shift the conversation around feminine values from being beauty-driven to a focus on inherent worth. She's the author of eight books, including the best-selling Bible Bells series that I have bought for my granddaughter and several of um, our, our relatives with young girls. Erin is a five-time cancer survivor. She lives and homeschools in San Diego, California with her husband, Brent, and their daughter, Rooney. And during this COVID-19 season, Erin began offering formalized help and training to families all over the nation, listen to this, who many have never before needed homeschooling help, but now, now we do. Erin, welcome to the show and help us. Help us with Thank homeschooling. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And honestly, this time, I, I know for a lot of us, it, it, it's felt so burdensome and so overwhelming, but it really can be a blessing. It's such a sweet time to invest in your family. So that's just been our heart for the last several weeks, wanting to come alongside parents and grandparents and everybody who's been thrust into the out of nowhere, you know, learning experience at home and how do we juggle work and home and, you know, school now. And it's just, it feels really overwhelming, I think, for parents. So just want to be a resource and serve where we can. If you're oh. going to teach her, Erin, please make sure that you're teaching her how to help with my grandchildren and not me, because she's trying to homeschool me now, okay? I think we all need a little bit of training, right? Like this, this happens so. out, you know, out of nowhere with no notice, and everyone's got to just figure out what you know, the, setting up a workspace and a learning environment looks like, and who are we leveraging inside our houses, you know, through technology outside of our houses, getting very creative about 
school at home. So it's yeah. exciting, but yes, I can, I hear the frustration. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And as I said, your, your Bible Bells series, I just love it. And so I had to put it here in front of the camera for the people that are watching us on video. And uh, it's just a, a tremendous series. It's very colorful and very well done. And I think it is because, um, because I bought those that I ended up in my email inbox a wonderful email from your group that said, Hey, are you homeschooling? I have help for you. And I was like, God, is that God talking? Because I needed, I needed that because I, I am a natural teacher in a lot of areas, but not necessarily teaching a five-year-old how to read and, and her attention span, you know, maybe I'm trying to do it for too long at a go, or, or maybe the surroundings that I put us in are not the best. I mean, there's all kind of things that, that come into this. And, and so you have been doing it for a, a while and you have probably worked through all of these things. So how do we balance? And those of us that have multiple kids at different ages, oh my gosh, like, and grade levels and personalities, how, how do you break that down? How do you help us with that? It's such a good question and something that I think personally I had to learn to let go of as a professional teacher. I taught public and private school, multiple grade levels and subjects for many, many years. So when I quit my job and my husband and I started, you know, our business and we became entrepreneurs, it's business, it's ministry, it's all happening at home. Now we're schooling at home. I had to learn to let go of some of those traditional school rules, the context and the experience that I had as a teacher standing you know in front of 25 to 40 children presenting material getting them started on a learning activity they're rotating through it's a certain amount of time it, you know school happens for eight hours a day all of these different rules that i was used to i had to let go of and really learn that i had the freedom and the choice to craft and i love this conversation about freedom and what, because what you can do in this season is fully optimize your home you have so much freedom, so much choice to really curate the experience for each of your learners that's going to meet them exactly where they're at and help them learn in the best way they learn. So I always counsel parents around, you know, chunking blocks of time that makes sense for each of your learners. You've got a five-year-old learning to read at home. They're not going to be able to sit for more than 20, 30 minutes at a time. So part of your approach to teaching them reading can be to move around it doesn't need to be you know just seated at the kitchen table for a block of time trying to focus on you know something like a worksheet or a set of activities right they need to move they need to be themselves and they can do all of the things you know the phonics and literacy related things just being who they are as their five-year-old self so i think really using this time to explore who each of your individual children are and thinking about the style, their personality, you know, what way is gonna meet them inside your home, you know, in a way that's effective and that will help them, yes, learn the material, but ultimately enjoy the learning experience because that's what we wanna grow inside our kids, that intangible love of learning, that excitement for discovery and that curiosity about the world and who they are in it and all of these great, amazing questions we can cultivate a really rich and beautiful experience at home without the pressure of you've got to do it seven hours, you've got to sit at a table, you've got to rotate around like a bell schedule. It just doesn't exist inside our houses. It's so exciting. 
Well, I love that you have um, such an excitement for it because it's contagious. And instead of us feeling maybe like afraid of it or, you know, like, well, I'll, I'll get to it by the end of the day. And then the end of the day comes and maybe I didn't really get to it. And then she's missed out on another full day of working on some of this stuff. Um, that's really encouraging uh, to, to see that you, you make me feel like it is doable. <laughs> it I is doable. And honestly, I mean, I, there's so, there's so much of a release of pressure and stress when you get going and you find a good rhythm and you see that, you know, your oldest learners, middle school and high school students, they're going to get their work done in about three to four hours a day. It's really not going to take them the amount of time to hit all their core subjects, still have some free time and break time, relaxing time to work in, time to help out with the family chores and those beautiful things that grow you together as a family team. But you're, you're gonna notice that once they get their work done in a block of three or four hours, they're gonna have all this time to be, and you're gonna be able to really, to really connect with them around the things that interest them, their unique abilities, how they wanna spend their free time, what sorts of independent activities will fill them up, light them up as a human being, and just take the time to connect as a family while we're all you know, isolated at home. This is really a time not to, not to have any stress or worry about that, but this is our safe, secure place. It's the place we feel most free to be ourselves, and it's really a time to invest in each individual family member and the team as a whole. Well, and, you know, as I hear you talking about, you know, trying to figure out each, each child's kind of learning style, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the idea of love languages. You know, a lot of us understand that, right, that, that some of us hear and feel love in, in different ways, either through compliments or gift giving or physical touch or whatever those things are. Those don't seem odd to us. But to try to figure out learning style, somehow that feels like, ooh, that sounds mysterious and, you know, uh, something that only people who have formalized teacher training would know how to do. But you're really just saying just connect, you know, connect where they are as individuals, right? Yeah. And does, does anyone know your child better than you do? I mean, really, besides the Lord, um, you know, you're the person who has been called to shepherd this, this life and raise them and nurture them and, and guide them in the way that, that you can partner with the Lord to do that. But certainly, I mean, we've all been gifted these human beings to raise and influence and the teaching component, you know, the academic component is just another layer of that, right? Gaining knowledge is important. Yes, we want to help them improve their skills, but ultimately aren't we parenting and grandparenting and leading them you know, in a more holistic approach, right? We're trying to help them build essential communication skills and life skills, you know, the things they need to do to just handle their life as a human being, cooking, cleaning, fixing things that break at the house. These are, this is all an amazing time to just allow the normal rhythms and routines of your home to inform your approach to the learning day to yes, hit all the academic subjects, make sure they're memorizing their vocabulary and working on their reading and their math and those core subjects, certainly, but it, it can be a time of real enrichment as well. And it doesn't have to feel so overwhelming. I know there are so many parents going, well, I'm not an expert in any one particular subject, but take it from me as someone who's taught multiple subjects across many different age ranges. You do not have to be an expert in any one subject to be an effective teacher. 
You need to have passion. You need to have the willingness to spend the time and patience that it takes to reach learners and to be excited about asking questions like, what is it going to take to engage this learner and to meet them where they are? It just takes the investment of a caring, trusted adult. And who better than you? Well, Erin, I heard you say, um, you know, fixing things at homes and things like that. What an opportunity for kids, I mean, to learn things outside of the school, because usually on a regular day, they come home and everybody's too tired. They really don't spend the time. But, you know, kids don't know how to do anything except the schoolwork that they get if mm -hmm. you don't teach them, right? Mm -hmm. And how many kids out there don't know how to do the little things to fix things at home? Yeah, and a lot of the, you know, in the high school years, those shop classes and things like that have been taken out. And so if we don't lean on our grandpas, right, and our, our dads and um, you know, I know a lot of moms who actually are great woodworkers and I don't know a lot of dads that are good, uh, at sewing curtains and things like that. So it, it doesn't necessarily fall down those traditional, um, lines. It's just whatever you're good at, it will draw your children and your grandchildren into it. And what an amazing time in history that we have to instill our values rather than just the school's values into that next generation. I mean, what, what a beautiful opportunity we, we have for that, Aaron. But, you know, when we have people that are working full time, because not everybody has gone, you know, on quarantine and not everybody across the nation has, you know, gotten where they are working from home. So some people's schedule is just as busy as it was before. And now they've got to fit school into it as well. And you're saying it still can be done. We work from home full time. My husband and I run a business ministry where I travel. I mean, I'm not traveling now, but I travel usually <laughs> and speak. And I'm the content creator, you know, in our business. And he runs the back end of everything, all the business development, the website. I mean, everything it takes, the engine that makes the business go. But all of that happens from our home space, right? So asking some smart questions of your family team, right? And gathering your people together and saying, okay, these are the things, these are the tasks and responsibilities that professionally the adults in the house need to take care of. These are the tasks and responsibilities that not professionally, but certainly our students work is, is professional for them. It's the season that they're in where they're, they're growing and learning and they're, they're in, you know, the, the sea of academics, right? So all of these things need to be prioritized. But I think the best thing parents can do, and there's a whole, there's a whole section of, on how to do this inside the mentorship series on what, how do you bring your family together and land on what your family values, what matters most to your family and allow those values to inform the expectations you set, the schedule and the routines that you implement and adjust as they're necessary to adjust, right? Because if we put a plan in place and it doesn't seem to be working, we're not just gonna sit in the, you know, the, the disconnect of that, right? We're gonna make the adjustments we need to. But it, it, those values really are at the core of effective school at home, right? And effective leadership, really. It's about bringing your team together and saying, what do we value? What are we built to prioritize? What are the, what are the most important priorities this family has? And then allow those to inform all, everything, your expectations, the behaviors, right? The disciplinary action when, you know, students maybe aren't aren't behaving or aren't working in a way that reflects those values, it creates so much more buy-in for each individual family member to know, 
okay, the people in this home, we've landed on the fact that we value things like unity and peace and diligence and flexibility and whatever those values are inside your home, outline those and agree on those as a family. It will create enthusiasm and buy-in for each of your learners. There will be less pushback because they're not, the, the fact is they're not used to learning from you in this way. Right. And that's okay. You know, they need to just be taught and retrained that, hey, you know, you're going to view mom and dad and grandma and grandpa through a totally different lens in this season. And that's going to take some learning on their part. It's going to take some training on the part of you as the adult. But, you know, there's grace in all of that, right? As we learn to figure it out, it's not just, well, the situation is very different now. So just deal with it and deal with it, you know, <laughs> right away with no problem, right? right. I, I mean, there there is a learning curve. So just, you know, be okay with the fact that your kids aren't used to learning from you in this way. It's okay. They can be trained, but really just landing on those family values and using them to make every decision that you make moving forward inside your school at home experience will make all the difference concerning each of your individual learners, because they will be able to see, okay, that bigger picture, that overarching, you know, it's a theme, what we're trying to accomplish as our family team is just going to help them view it through a light that's a little bit more, that's a little clearer in a sea of uncertainty. That's awesome. So I, I was pulling up your website as you were talking, uh, the Heroic Homeschooler. What a perfect name for, for this program. Seriously, you can be the hero of this situation. I know a lot of parents don't feel that way. We've all been in survival mode, but we can handle this. And that's partly why the name. <laughs> I just love it. And so, you know, you click the enroll now button. What do, would people expect to find when they go there? Uh, because I, I can't help but believe that people that are watching and listening right now are making a beeline uh, to this to say, oh yeah, please help me feel heroic because I'm feeling anything but that right now. <laughs> what, yes. What okay. So inside, yes, inside the mentorship, you will find basically everything you need to set up a successful school at home situation for your family. It provides you with online training videos where it's me delivering the information, you know, how to, how to set up a, a real routine and a rhythm for your family that's going to work. How do you find that? Because every family situation is unique and different. How do you acclimate your children for at-home learning when it's not what they're used to? How do you overcome fear and failure? What, you know, the words that you're saying to yourself, I'm not an expert. I don't know how to do this. We, we need to actually help and, and really step in and help parents deal with the fact that they can do it with the right training, the right tools, having a strategy, helping to get organized. So all of that exists inside the mentorship series as well as a private community where, I mean, moms and dads all over the country are in there asking questions. What do I do for this? What do I do for multiple learners? What do I do if I have students with special needs? I'm trying to juggle my job now at home. There are so many different nuanced approaches that we can take, but we really need to invite parents and grandparents into a conversation where they feel okay to ask questions. You know, they don't have to have everything figured out, but certainly give them some ideas to implement and try and then assess it very frequently and see, gosh, this is really working for my family or no, this is not working. And let me get, let me gain some, some access and some wisdom into how I can set this up successfully. So all that lives inside the program. That is amazing. And all of that for the uh, just overwhelmingly massive price of what? 39 bucks a month or something? 
Not no, 39 bucks outright. We we lowered the price. It's just it's something that we put together and we thought parents need help right now. There's there someone needs to meet them exactly where they are, answer the questions they have, you know, be there to advise them, give them some ideas and tools to try. Um, and point them, you know, to things like how to choose curriculum. A lot of the parents out there have curriculum questions because they have either been sent curriculum home from their school, which they don't feel is adequately supporting their learners, or they've been sent home with less or nothing than they need to actually do this effectively. So a lot of parents are scrambling going, I don't feel necessarily supported by my kid's school regarding distance learning or e-learning. Yes, they're they're on talking to their teacher, but certainly it doesn't seem like they're getting what they need. How do I resource what I need on the internet in a way that's free or low cost? And as teachers, we're used to finding all of these things, you know, and being creative in the way we put lessons together, right? So I think for me, it was just about gathering people in one place saying, these are the seven questions you can ask when you're trying to figure out if a curriculum or a set of lessons is going to work for your student. And then you know, be able to make some decisions moving forward and not feel, you know, not feel like those decisions are based in fear, but they're actually based on solid wisdom. You know, I've asked some questions. I've been able to discern whether or not this is going to work for my learner. And I can find things that are of minimal cost because I mean, everybody being home right now, no one budgeted for this with no. their time, let alone <laughs> their finances. So no one's, I mean, the average person out there is not going, yes, I have $300 to drop on a curriculum that's going to take me through the next couple of months. They don't have, they don't have the capacity to do that. So it's just, it's more about getting creative and how we teach and the types of things we can find on the internet that will really light our kids up. That was $39 one time done. One time. That's amazing. That, that is practically free in you know, this world. <laughs> I'm wondering if after this thing's over, if there's going to be more homeschooling that people are going to get used to this and like it. What do you think, Erin? Do you think they will? That's a great question. And honestly, as a as a teacher who left the classroom and was used to, you know, that that eight to ten hour day and grading papers on the weekends, and now really watching what what our family's been able to accomplish with the growth of our business, being able to travel and do ministry as a family, like I've really enjoyed being able to pick our lessons up and take my daughter on trips, you know, with us to other countries. We went to Peru a couple of months ago with Food for the Hungry. There are just some amazing ministry and business opportunities that we can invite our kids into, um, at least personally, that I have really enjoyed not feeling so tied down by, oh, I've got to be in a classroom. And even if they miss one or two days of school, sometimes that can really set kids back and it creates yes. a lot of anxiety having to go, okay, I'm, I've got to take this packet with me or you know, I'm not going to be able to get caught up and I've got to make up all these tests and kids are under a lot of pressure, you know, inside the typical school environment. So I'll be very interested to see after this, you know, and, and however long this lasts, right? If, if it, we go back to, in the fall to business as usual and kids, you know, schools open and everything goes back to normal. I'm wondering the percentage of parents who might go, gosh, this is really working. Or if I could figure out a hybrid work school, you know, situation at home, is that going to be something that's going to allow our family to spend more time together, to stay connected, and to, again, meet learners in the way they best learn, where they're not in a classroom of 30, 40 kids at a time? Right. And they're talking two or three hours a day versus a full day in school. And the way we travel and stuff, I mean, what a perfect tool that would be. Because you, you don't have to teach them at 8 o'clock in the morning. You could teach them at 8 o'clock at night when you're 
doing something or when you're in Peru or whatever, what a lesson that is in itself. You know, just, oh, it's so great. And, and, yeah. and when we're home, I mean, we, we have our set schedule. She, she and I like to do school in the morning. We get up, we have breakfast, we do our devotionals. We start about nine o'clock unless I have, you know, something that's pressing for work that it needs to be adjusted. And we just, we're good about communicating when those changes happen, but we enjoy getting it done. And then she's got the free rest of the day to rotate through activities that light her up. You know, she draws and paints and does you jump rope outside and the things that you know, her six-year-old body needs to do to you stay healthy and, and, you know, be rested and all the, all the ways that she wants to spend her time. She has the freedom to choose that, which is so beautiful to watch your kids get excited about the activities and not necessarily, you know, I'm in school and, and the bells are dictating to me at the time I spend doing different things. When I eat lunch, what kinds of recess activities I do and all of that is regulated and told to them. They really do have the freedom at home to choose activities that they love to do and to, to, you know, improve their talents and their unique abilities. It's so cool to watch what can be unlocked in that way when you just give kids the choice and the freedom to, to, to choose. It's awesome. It's true. The one thing that our uh, five-year-old granddaughter is missing most, I think, because I, I have been fuddling my way through the, the, the homeschooling and, and your site is definitely helpful in that, that department, but she's missing kind of the socializing, the, the, you know, having friends around and even being able to play with her cousins and that sort of thing. And so I know that people that are homeschoolers as a regular uh, thing, not just because of coronavirus, uh, there are outlets for that to bring kids together, right? Yes. And I think one, one important, you know, aspect of isolation and this uncertain time and all the things that we want to be aware of as intentional parents and grandparents is certainly to be able to create opportunities for our kids to interact with people. I know my, you know, my daughter's an only child, we have a baby on the way. So we've set up some virtual play dates for her where she will, you know, call a friend over FaceTime. And it's not just them trying to have a conversation because they're young but they're drawing back and forth, showing each other different pictures they're working on. They're doing a puppet show. And there are ways for kids to engage where they're not necessarily touching each other. It's not a, it's a face-to-face interaction, but it's not in the same room. It's as close as it can be. Um, and it really does create some beautiful opportunities for our kids to continue communicating, to continue, you know, dealing relationally with people and just seeing the people that they're used to seeing, you know, they miss their friends. I think that's one thing that we, we all are aware of as adults, how life looks very different right now. And we're not able to go out for coffee and have maybe a lunch date with the people that we wanna go meet with. And maybe we're, we don't think a, a lot about the fact that our kids are grieving some of their friendships, some of the normal routines mm. they're used to, the happy smiles they're used to getting from a teacher or a mm. principal or an, a group of friends at school. Maybe you know they have experienced social pressure and, and that's sort of a negative and being home is safety and secure for them but gosh we we do have a whole population of students that really that really are missing they're grieving you know they're they're suffering through the fact that they aren't able to interact socially with the people who are very dear to them that aren't their family Mm -hmm. um but you know i mean being able to set up things like virtual play dates and 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 use the technology that we do have to help our children engage with people and maintain that relational bond is so important. So my advice to parents is just to figure out creative ways to do that. Uh, we've been doing it with our neighbors through the glass, 
um, you know, where they, and, and, you know, having masks and skateboarding outside and everybody maintaining several feet of distance. And there's a way to play safely, certainly. Um, but just looking for those opportunities to support your kids, not just academically, but socially and emotionally as well. It's really important. So true. Well, as we just start to wrap up a little bit, I do want to give you a sec to tell folks about the, the Bible Bell series, which is how you and I now know each other. Um, where did this idea come from? And, and what do I mean when I say Bible Bells? Bells yeah, so bell, girl, right? Yeah, bell comes from the word bellus in Latin. It means beautiful. And we really wanted to just take back the word beautiful from, you know, culture's definition. It's all about what, what you look like, what you're wearing, and the outer appearance of a woman and a girl. And uh, we felt challenged, you know, in our church bookstore one day looking for cool resources that would connect girls to the women of the Bible. We just couldn't find anything that felt like it was going to be really meaningful, that a girl would be excited. But here she is, you know, the average little girl can name all the Disney princesses, knows every detail of those stories. So we felt challenged. I mean, this is way before we even became parents. I was teaching school at the time and mentoring sixth grade girls, just wondering why they have missed who God called them to be, who they are, you know, their true identity. And all of those different questions were sort of swirling for me. So we thought, Let's, let's, write it, let's write a book series that connects girls to the women of the Bible. It will help parents and grandparents talk through things like beauty and purpose and identity and all of those character traits we're trying to instill. And the Lord's just amplified this message and, you know, gotten it to every corner of the world in the last couple of years. So it's really, it's really been beautiful to watch it go from tiny little idea, you know, in our apartment one day to... Now we've got eight books and one more on the way in October. It's a New Testament series that highlights the gospel and um, the women of the New Testament. So that one's going to be really exciting. There are just a lot of cool things coming down the pipeline um, for Bible Bells and Truth Becomes Her in the next couple of months. But man, the, the beginning is, was such a sweet time. You're figuring out how to make these stories accessible for girls. Well, I do love it. And when you hold them in, in a certain order, H-E-A-R-D heard. I love that. God has heard, right? Yeah, we, I think, you know, and, and there's no shortage of loud voice out in the world today. We really wanted to, you know, expand on the idea that God gave each of our girls a powerful voice he wants them to use, but there's, there's a way to lead and influence people. It doesn't mean having the loudest voice, but it does mean making the noise, being heard in the way God wants you to be heard so that you can make your impact, the difference that you've been called to make by loving people, showing compassion, and all of the ways that we want to raise up strong girls who will, will love the world. Um, love so that's that. just really our heart for it. And that's, I put them in that order, think, you know, because their character traits made sense to build, you know, each builds on the previous one. And then I realized the acronym spells the word heard. I was like, this is such a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> so cool. Awesome. It really is. Uh, and thank you for writing those. I, I, I love reading through those with my granddaughter and um, they are, they're fun. They're very Disney-esque. And so it's not like, well, we want to go read this cool, pretty Disney book, but now we've got this boring Christian book, which was sadly the case for so many years. It's like, if there was anything that was Christian related or spiritual related, it just seemed very wooden and very, you know, like you had to give up some aesthetic in order to to move in that direction and you've really got the that down pat it's a high quality feel of a book and i i just love them so thank you for doing that and um 
all the things you do, you wear so many hats, you do so many things, you do public speaking, you've got the homeschooling, you've got uh, a podcast, you've got all kinds of things. So as we start to wrap up, just tell folks how they can follow all that you do and and help us know how the heck do you do it? Because now you got a baby on the way. <laughs> so, I, only with the Lord's help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, how I do everything I do is not alone. Um, there's a team of people and a good Lord behind all the work we do uh, that really moves everything forward. But I think I spent, you know, the good part of my 20s and the early part of my 30s dealing with several bouts of cancer. So I, I, I think for me, I just wake up every day and realize I woke up today. So there's something that I can do to impact people, to be a light, to point people to God, um, to encourage people. So that's really just how we approach every day, not just as a business, but in our marriage and our parenting. And um, I'm just super blessed to be here and to have lived through what I lived through. So I think the, the Lord's really, he wor worked on my heart over that season, but he's really given me a new opportunity to live differently. So I'd really try to just do that um, and commit all the work to him. And then um, the best way for people to connect with us, honestly, is online at Truth becomesher.com. We have resources there, books, digital resources, courses that moms and dads can come and be a part of just to, to grow up this next generation. It's our passion. Um, and online to connect with me on social media, on Instagram, it's Aaron.Wideman. And on Facebook, it's Aaron Wideman Official. So I'm usually there posting free content and just helpful videos and just want to be a servant and a uh, help to the parents and, and the people out there who I can be of service to. So grateful for the opportunity to talk with you guys today. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much. Aaron Weideman, we, we value you. We appreciate you. Um, God bless. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you both. It's been a real pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Well, you know, <clears throat> I've seen um, this last three weeks with our five-year-old grandbaby a difference. She's actually learning to read, which she wasn't before. Yeah, it could just be the, the right time in her development that suddenly it's clicking, or maybe there is something was, special about being, you know, in the setting and, and her and I spending time together. Um, because I do try to throw some play in, like we have, she has a, a board game and it's called Red Light, Green Light. And so you, you take a card and it's either a green light, which means you can move a space or, oh, it's a red light and you have to stop and now it's the other person's turn. Well, she also has this other little uh, box set of words and it's called popcorn words or something. And each little popcorn kernel uh, shaped playing piece has a three to four letter word on it. And so they were laying there together on the table and I was like, hmm, how about this? What if we play the fun game, but when she hits a red light, she can have a chance at another turn if she can read this one of these words. And so we've really been enjoying doing that. And the, even when I hit a red light, then she has, to, you know, she gets to pick the word and she makes a big show of finding just the right word and presenting it to me. And then we sound it out together and she's still really reading, even though Right. I'm reading. So that's been kind of fun. You know, we just kind of made that up out of thin air. Those popcorn words. Yeah. They don't taste good. <laughs> nice. I, I tried, but no. no, I have noticed it. And you know, it's just like I was watching her just yesterday and there's something that you can see clicked in her. Yeah. 
and uh, really impressed. And that's because of you and her mom. Well, I appreciate that. And and her dad's very hands-on as oh, I'm well. Sorry. Of course our, he our is. Our son-in-law, yeah, Jason. Yeah. And, you know, she does want to, she wants your attention. She wants grandpa's attention and she wants grandpa to be proud of her. You know, she wants to impress you. And so I do think there is something about that family dynamic and working on things like that, that can be very, very powerful and, and move that learning process along. Um, I'm drawn to words. I'm kind of a word nerd. And so I always find that our, the, the lessons I want to sit down with her have to do with reading and words that I do need to do the math things too. So I'm going to have to get on that a little bit. But um, I love that Erin is doing all that she's doing. And I love, you know, that idea of bringing, you know, learning into the home, that formalized learning. And what I was thinking about for part of what she was saying is, you know, times kids come home from school with maybe not the greatest grade. And what do they like to say? The teacher doesn't like me. Can we get a, use, that can wouldn't the, work in my house. <laughs> well, no, that wouldn't have worked anyway. And it didn't work with our daughter. But I'm just saying now that the teacher is mom or oh. grandma or dad or grandpa, I don't think you can get away with that, right? No. no. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we need to wrap up, right? Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much to all of our awesome listeners. Thank you for spending the time with us. And I know that especially today, we talked a lot about, you know, the Bible and we talked about Christian values and, and the Lord and things like that. Um, you know, I know that that's not everybody's pathway. And so, you know, please know that we do know that and we, we understand that and we appreciate that and that we, we love that you've given us the freedom to just enjoy that conversation without having to, you know, you know, clean it up and make it all super inclusive and make sure I've, you know, covered all the bases for all the other faiths. Um, I'll do my best to do that in other conversations, but thank you for just giving us that freedom to just be who we are and have that conversation with, with um, Aaron and, and appreciate who she is. Um, that is part of what is so amazing about this nation we live in. Uh, that we give each other that kind of um, space and, and freedom and we don't get all pinchy lipped and upset because, you know, well, they only talked about Bible things and maybe I don't have a faith at all, you know, maybe somebody out there hearing that, but um, the fact that you don't just tune us out automatically because we do happen to bring up a, a Bible verse or something like that. So thank you for that. I value that. Um, thank you so much to Aaron. Holy cow, this is a very, very busy uh, woman, and she made a lot of time to come and, and chat with us, and what an amazing uh, program and mentorship that she has developed, the heroic homeschooler at the truth be no, at truthbecomesher.com. Definitely go there and check that out if you are one of the gajillions of sudden home teachers <laughs> that that are out there and keep it going through the summer you know just because the natural school year you know there's this calendar date hits that the kids would be out for summer why stop teaching yeah remember the smarter your kids are the easier it is for them to be able to pay for you to live when you're older <laughs> right that. i mean to get I it's it. an investment the sooner we can bump them out yeah, of the nest so, yeah and bump right? them out of the nest and, and then, then go all... nest in their house right, is that what right. you're saying well you know <laughs> turn I'm the tables saying. on them i love it all right well until next time pray for our nation pray for our 
leaders. I'm I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning how to do that. Even even the ones you don't like? Just a little harder, but I'm I'm being taught. Especially the ones you don't like? Yeah. All right. Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. <laughs>